This week on Inside Motorsport, we catch up with the head of Nissan in Australia, Richard Emery. I hope you stay with us. Richard Emery, the motor industry in Australia is obviously going through a significant change with what most people have considered manufacturing closing down in the country. And what I'm interested to know is, does that make it a more even playing field for all the people who sell different makes and models in Australia than over the, the years when they've been able to say that this car's made in Australia or we build in Australia? Sure. Look, I, I think there's many different ways car businesses are run in Australia. So a lot of the brands have got, yes, they might not be manufacturing, but they're doing other things. So, And I think the market's been adjusting to that uh, no local manufacturing at the level that we're used to with Toyota and Holden and Ford. I think the market's been adjusting to that for quite some time. So there's not a lot of, there's not as much patriotism in people purchasing cars as there was literally five years ago, let alone ten years ago. So I think it's not going to be the big shift that some people consider. Having said that, there are still going to be manufacturers brands that have significant investments and uh, activities away from selling cars. So, for instance, we're a good example. Uh, our casting plant, Nissan Casting Australia, uh, has been ongoing for the last 20 years. It has contracts within the Nissan world, casting aluminium parts for our manufacturing plants across the world. We're doing about two and a half million parts a year. That'll continue. Will we tell that story a little bit more overtly once the other manufacturers withdraw? Probably. You've got other brands, and I think Toyota and Holden are like that, where they'll have engineering bases or design bases still in Australia. So everybody's going to have different uh, tools and resources that are based in Australia. So whether it fundamentally changes how people view their car purchasing is pretty too early to tell at this point. Are you having to look at strategies where you can play out those scenarios or is it just too far out from where you're going to be advertising what you... Yeah, no, look, I don't think you'd be overtly going out there and saying, oh, look at this, we do this in Australia. Uh, I think it's just making sure that people understand what Nissan as an organisation or as a corporate organisation does in the Australian marketplace, whether it's our investments, whether it's the people we employ. Nissan's a good example. We, we Not only do we have a casting uh, manufacturing operation, we obviously have our core sales and marketing operation, which everybody understands. We have a, a finance company, a very big finance company, which not all manufacturers uh, have. We have a technical engineering centre, which assists on uh, engineering on new models, with five or six people based in, in, in Australia. We obviously go motor race. So this whole range of things that Nissan do that we can tell the marketplace about so and I'm sure other manufacturers have got similar stories to tell at different levels. Does the motor racing story help in a situation where there isn't a local car? No I don't think specifically I think the motorsport story for Nissan goes back a long time actually goes back 50 years. Uh, when, they, when, when Nissan Australia started life out back in 1966, one of the first things we did was go racing. That so, was a bluebird, wasn't it? Uh, I think it was a bluebird, yeah. So, so from that perspective, you know, we've been involved in motorsport for virtually 50 years in the country, on and off. So it's part of what Nissan is in Australia. It's an important part. I don't think it makes up for the fact that uh, it doesn't make us more Australian or it doesn't make us, you know, uh, put us in a position as strong as a, being a manufacturer. But it just says something about our commitment to the marketplace on a range of levels. There's 60 people involved in motorsport at Nissan. Yep. There's, I would imagine, in a casting plant making 2 million parts a year, you're talking about 100 people? Uh, our, our Nissan business... 
uh, Nissan Australia and its various divisions. Uh, I think we're around uh, between 500 and 550 people. If you add motorsport on top of that, in terms of the things that we do in Australia, you know, we're, we're 600 plus people. So that's a significant uh, corporate structure for, for a brand of our size. The GT Academy has been something that you have been championing since it started here a couple of years ago. Yep. How have you seen the program and of course the added racing program that you've put on the back of that yeah, now? Look, it, it's been, I mean we always were confident that it had a, had a place in our, in our marketing offering and our motorsport program. We've been pleasantly surprised if that's the right word. We've been really thrilled with the reaction we've got, not just with first two years of us being involved in the program. You know we had in year one Josh got close to, to being a winner. We then followed up the second year and Matt got across the line and he's been racing in Europe this year and he's been doing a great job. Got our live site here this weekend and uh, guys taking it pretty seriously over there so you know we hope to, to, to have another representative up there with a chance again this year for the program so it's been fantastic in terms of the response we've been getting here. As a branding opportunity for Nissan, where do you think that moves you in the marketplace? I'd have to say it's probably pretty specific to a particular age group, so uh, I'm talking kind of 18 to 24 year old males, but they are also a group of consumers who are connected to Nissan, you know, the, the GDR is such an iconic vehicle for them, even in, in gameplay, uh, GDR has always been a, a popular popular vehicle, so for us it's a really good emotional connector to us as a business, that's not to say that because they've been playing PlayStation and because they're really engaged in GT Academy that they'll go out and buy a Nissan, but it certainly gives them a positive feeling towards us as a brand. And I guess that's half the battle, isn't it? It's a good start. It's a good start in our businesses to have people feeling positive and feeling emotionally connected to your brand, for sure. Where is mo the motoring industry go to? When I speak to other journalists who are, are going around looking at the wares internationally, when I speak to the aftermarket, they are all talking about self-drive vehicles, they're all talking about these sort of innovations in the way cars are being built. Where do you see Nissan and those innovations here particularly what will be coming to the Australian market. Yeah. Oh, look, Nissan, Nissan's spending a lot of resources and investment in, in autonomous drive and in intelligent mobility. So it's a, it's a key platform for us, always has been. Uh, you know, at the LEAF, biggest selling mass market electric car in the world and has been so for the last many, many years. So we're, our commitment to, to new technologies, whether it be autonomous drive, whether it be power systems, is well known. That, that will only continue. The whole question of autonomous drive and driverless cars, the car company's technology, commitment is, is already there. I think you'd be surprised to know how far some of these cars have already gone in terms of what is possible. What's lagging behind is government infrastructure, road infrastructure, all of the things that need to work with the cars in a, in a synergistic way. So the cars are probably going to be ready before the road systems and certainly before society and drivers are ready for it. Um, so uh, uh, I don't think anyone should be under any qualms that the car company's investment, whether it be Nissan or others, is, is probably thinking 10 and 20 years down the track. Unfortunately, governments think three and five years ahead. Uh, so uh, having all of the mechanisms in place on our public roads and systems to, to make the most of autonomous drive vehicles and technologies is, is some way away. What about Nissan and your dealership network about giving the people the skills? to be able to work on the next generation of Nissans. How are you approaching that? Because 
it's a symbiotic relationship. Someone has to fix the car that you're selling. Oh, look, as as with any car company, Nissan, we have a significant investment in training uh, across our business, both from a sales perspective, after sales, in terms of fixing the cars, looking after the cars, being being able to diagnose issues. Um, so that that's an ongoing basis. I mean, we would we would have people in training structures in Australia virtually every day of the, of the year, working year. Um, so uh, I'd hate to think what the investment from the car brands is across Australia in training every day, uh, but it would be significant and that is exactly as you say, keeping up with those technologies because they are always shifting forward. What's the, what's probably the most obvious impact we're going to see come 2017, 2018 in the Australian market because it is the most fragmented and diverse motoring market in, a, in probably the world. Yep. Look, I don't think the Australian market has any particular seismic shifts. I mean, uh, I've been in the business for 30 years, and if I go back to what I was told was going to happen you know, 30 years ago, it's kind of just happened organically. I don't think there's ever been any seismic shifts at any point in time. So I don't think you're going to see any huge changes uh, in, in, the, in the next year or so. So some of the trends that exist already, they might accelerate a little bit. So the S, this SUV market will continue to rise, there's not another product that's yeah, the SUV the SUV market has been on the rise for the last 12, 15 years. That'll probably continue. Will it charge ahead quicker than anticipated? I'm not sure about that. Um, you know, passenger cars is still the major component of the of the market. Um, okay, we're going to lose some of those larger six-cylinder, you know, Commodore, Falcon. Um, we're going to lose some of those products, but. Yeah, I'm not sure there's going to be a, a, a huge shift in what we buy and what we purchase over the next two or three years. Richard, pleasure to catch up with you and thanks for your time today. No problems, thanks. That's all we have time for this week on Inside Motorsport. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.